Super Talk Mississippi media production. Finally back together again, Brian Haydad and Brandon Walker here on Super Talk Mississippi. <coughs> Excuse what? <coughs> so just just do that again. Do, do do the whole thing again? No, no, no. Just the, the my intro, please. Brandon Walker? <coughs> okay. Just let's just just come on. You can do it. Brandon, we have to work clean on this show. We can't I can't say what your new name is. No, don't do that. Yeah. I just, can I you, just want you can to... Can you still I work mean, clean? Just, can you can you make that I mean, happen? You don't have just Brandon Walker. You've got the Brandon Walker on your show. Is there okay. another Brandon Walker? No, this is the Brandon Walker. Have you have you tried to copyright that the way the Ohio State University did? The Brandon Walker. So the, I, I want you to really hit that the. I want you to really sell this thing. I feel like this is like private go. parts where they're trying to say WNBC. I don't watch porn. <laughs> That's probably not true. Uh, the Brandon Walker. Yes. Hello, Brian. <laughs> I want to. I'm going to be honest with you. We're, we're going to get away from the BS for just a minute here. I'm. I. I. And I, I've told you this in, in private before, in, in just text conversations. I'm so proud of you. Thank you very much. I you. You. It. You carry the banner of the Bulldogs nationally. You are. You are our. Uh, I'm trying to come up with a nerdy reference that you'll get. It's very difficult. You don't do a lot of the nerdy stuff, but you're good. I'll put it that way. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I obviously uh, you, you helped start me off. So, oh, now, no. uh, yeah, there we go. That's all the sentiment. That's all we're gonna get. I, I do yeah. have to. I have to guess though. In, in all, you know, you're doing all this great stuff up there at Barstool. It's fantastic. But I, I assume, and that's why we're doing this now. Part of you just at one point wanted to say, "I want to talk about Mississippi State. I want to do that." There is a uh, there's a distinct and and I and really you know when I started this and I did all the Barstool college football stuff and the betting stuff I I wanted to continue what got me started for real which was the podcast my Mississippi State stuff more cannibal I wanted to continue it but I just I just didn't have to I just right. had no time I had zero time and with four kids when you have any downtime you can't just add something else but I do desperately miss just being able to talk Mississippi State sports. Well, we're going to do that today. These are going to be a series of podcasts we're going to do uh, on just some deep dive stuff. We're going to find one topic and really get into it as much as we as we possibly can. And I thought we'd start with with I mean this one. This is your only season on the beat, right? This is the only football season you got, correct? This is the, the only football season that I was a beat writer for a newspaper. Yeah. All right. So 2014 Mississippi State uh, the, goes to number one, number one in the college football playoff poll. Uh, you know. Would you say the greatest season in Mississippi State history? There's really only three to choose from. 41-98 in this one, right? Yeah, I don't think 98 even comes close to comparing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also, I'd, even though they didn't win the West, you got to put 99 in there as well. Okay, yeah, I would agree um, with that. Uh, but, but, yeah, I think this one, the fact that uh, you got to number one and you were on top of the college football world, you know, they didn't end at number one, but whatever. I mean, they got to the top of the college football world, which Mississippi State has never, ever been before. That was a... Huge accomplishment. No, there's no, there's no, there's no doubt about that, uh, and just an incredible ride, uh, you know, from start to finish. Uh, for me, though, the, the, if you want to start with this, you have to start back in '13, right, with the fourth quarter and overtime over the Egg Bowl, and the Liberty Bowl, which is where MSU fans really got their first glimpse of what Dak Prescott was going to become. Would you agree with that? I would, I would go a little bit earlier. Okay. I, I would go one game before that. I would go to where I believe was it 
Was it Damian Williams that, that won the 2013 Arkansas game? Yes, yes. And, and, and I believe, I don't know if that was in overtime. I think it might have been. It did. It did go into overtime, yeah. He scored, so on, the, uh, he scored on the first play of the overtime for State. On if a, you uh, don't win that game, yeah. you don't get to a bowl. And, no. you, you know, you're four and six. You win two overtime games. But the time that I realized, hey, something's up, was the Liberty Bowl against Rice. Because I know Rice wasn't a good opponent. When Mississippi State came out with Dak Prescott that day starting, it was a different team than we had ever seen before. It just was. Mm-hmm. No, you're not wrong. And then Dak was just spectacular that day. I mean, he, he, he throwing the ball, running the ball. And I, I go back to the Egg Bowl because that, you know, not so much on the field. I mean, he played okay, right? Obviously did enough to win. But yeah. that's where we saw Dak as the leader the intangibles, the, the way the team would rally around him kind of bit. So you got to see both pieces of what's made him so successful in, in that little stretch there. And, you know, you mentioned Damian Williams. I don't think he gets enough credit there sometimes because, you know, he kept staying in the game in the Egg Bowl and, you know, allowed for Dak to, uh, you know, basically he was uh, the starting pitcher who allowed the closer to come in and get the win, more or less, in that situation. So, yeah, no, it, it was 2000, that, the 2013 Egg Bowl felt so good at the time. It was so satisfying. And then a month later, to just lay a beat down on Rice was the, was the momentum they needed to go in the offseason. Because now, now you, there was no question, is that the guy? It, can he do some? Yes, he is unquestionably the guy, and everything is pointing up right now. Going, you go into the season, you know, SEC media days, I'm pretty sure State was picked dead last. I didn't look it up, but... I know that you know they weren't picked any better than sixth. They may have been last because that's Brett Bielema's first year at Arkansas, and they're probably I think they were picked. If I remember correctly, I think they were picked fifth, Brian. I think really behind yeah, who, who I, would have been sixth? I I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Um, I don't remember. Maybe it was sixth, but I some for some reason fifth stands out to me. I remember that year I voted a second, and people thought I was crazy, which. You know, they're a little homer to me, but I, I felt early on they were going to be really, really good. I'm just, I'm thinking, you know, my, my thought process is that with Bielema coming in, that people would have thought, okay, you know, he's a, they were seventh. No, I'm sorry, you're right, they were fifth. A&M was sixth. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess losing Manziel and all, but I mean, I thought, I, I'm, I'm, that's, that's surprising just off the top of my head, to be totally honest with you. Well, that was that was right in the midst of someone go four and zero in September and yeah. then zero uh, and six the rest of the way. Right. And I think people were kind of getting wise to someone at that point. Okay. So, and I don't think, and uh, you know what, that was the off season where both of his quarterbacks transferred. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think Kyle Allen and yeah, you're right because yeah because Trevor Knight comes to Starkville. Is that that's not yeah. right? That was in sixteen. No, no, he had. He had Kenny Hill. Kenny Hill was the quarterback. You just didn't know who he was coming into the season. Well, yeah, but Kenny Hill was the freshman. Right. Right. I don't know. Who knows? It's, it's been too long. It it's been too long. But does it, the bottom line is State didn't have a lot of preseason hype around them. But I thought this team was, was probably going to you – know, just looking at their schedule, I thought they've got four winnable non-conference games. They'll beat Kentucky. Um, they'll beat Vanderbilt. They'll beat Arkansas. And then, you know, just sort of figure it out and maybe get an eighth win. My, my guess is at the time I would have told you Ole Miss. But I, I felt like this team was really underrated, and this would become a theme, obviously, for the next few years for Mississippi State, that they would stay underrated going into media days. 
Yeah, I, I think this was the, uh, I, yeah, there was a time uh, under Dan Mullen where we were, it was laughable that we'd get picked sixth or seventh or fifth every single year, even though he was outperforming that every single year. And this is the absolute zenith of that. Yeah. This is a team that, uh, this team had the talent from the beginning, uh, but they didn't, weren't, didn't have Auburn on the front of their jersey, they didn't have LSU on the front of their jersey, so they couldn't possibly be better than those teams, right? Right. So you look at the uh, the team coming in. You know, we we give so much attention to Dak, Josh Robinson, and and then, you know what Deronia Wilson did that year. Do we overlook the defense a little bit? That t- that defense was loaded with NFL talent. What I love about going back and doing this mm-hmm. is that that year had so many great. Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah, it has so many great players that you don't look look at as saying, "Oh, this is an all time great," but like. Remember Ryan Brown, defensive end, was a good player. Yeah. He was a good player. Preston Smith is is one of the better young defensive ends in the NFL right now. Right. Got Bernard McKinney, obviously, is making multiple millions of dollars. He's, he's making Brandon a, Walker money. He's making Brandon Walker money. He's got uh, Will Redmond, who I think uh, he got hurt in San Francisco. I think he would have had a better NFL career. Than he, he just re-signed with the Packers, though, so he's got another deal. He's still in the league. Yeah, he's still in the league, but I, I but you see what I'm saying? I just say it's just a phenomenal list of maybe not the top, maybe not the Darius Slays of the world, but that second level of NFL player is all over this is this defense. And there is an elite NFL player on this defense, Chris Jones. Yeah, Chris Jones, absolutely, Chris so, Jones, uh, who who I think in the next couple of years will take the title. I, I don't know if Fletcher Cox owns it outright, but Fletcher Cox, one of the two or three best defensive tackles in the league. Chris Jones is coming for that title, and Jeffrey Simmons is coming right behind. Right behind him, him yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot, a lot of bulldog talent at that position. They go into the season. You're starting the season off with with USM, which at the time that game was signed, I remember talking to USM people, and they were thrilled because that was signed towards the end of Croom's time, I want to say, and and you know maybe right. the beginning, of, and they were thrilled because they think, okay, we're we're going to beat State, and then by the time this flips around, they're coming off of Ellis Johnson. And, you know, they haven't won a game in, in two years. Yeah. And it's just a massacre up there. You know, And it really, that was, to me, like the first time I really understood how far away USM was from what I, I remembered as a kid from Southern Mississippi, was watching yeah. that game. State was, state was <laughs> it was never in doubt. When, when, what was the final score? 42 to nothing? And it could have no, been. No, 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 49 40, 40, 40 nothing. 49 nothing. I, could have been much worse. You can't. I don't think you can explain today to a young person under the age of twenty what Southern Miss was like when we were coming. Right. Uh, Southern Miss was competitive, and you, you you wanted to play them, but you didn't really want to play them. But they talked a lot. You know, they were just kind of they were they were a thorn in the side of Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Today, they're not even a thorn in the bottom of a shoe of either team. They're yeah. just even now they've gotten better, but boy, they really bottomed out. It's, I think it's fair to say. Was it's fair to say in the '80s that USM was the best football program in the state. Yeah, they were. They were they beat Alabama in '82, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they were. They were really, really good. And those days are over. Yeah. And the 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 SC, I tell you what, we haven't talked about that. But if you remember, I believe 2014 was also the first year of the SEC network. You're right. You're, which you're was an absolute game changer for teams like Mississippi State because now uh, it puts us the money. 
I mean, it doesn't put us competing with Alabama or, or Florida, but it puts us over like 90% of every other team in the country. Correct, yeah. What, and, what, it, what it did was it, it narrowed the gap between state, or it may have put state in front of, your mid-tier Big 12, Big 10 teams that they had traditionally been behind. Yeah, they didn't make up any also, difference with Alabama, like you said, because Alabama got the same money. But now you're, you're playing also, in real, real waters there. It also buried the Southern Misses of the It did. I mean, it, it buried them. That was the end. I've always said Southern Miss was buried by two things. That and the emergence well, no, the emergence of South Alabama, Troy, ULL, ULM. Those programs started taking football seriously. A lot of them were playing uh, FCS or Division One AA, and then they became FB, FBS programs. And that's where Southern made a ton of, of, its, of its recruiting was South Alabama, the Mobile yeah. area, South Louisiana, picking up kids that LSU didn't want, picking up kids that Alabama and Auburn didn't want, and then getting the kids in Mississippi. And they didn't have those, those opportunities anymore. And that's what effectively killed their football program to the point where it is well, now. Let me add a third, um, Dan Mullen. Yeah. Dan Mullen came in and didn't miss on those Mississippi kids anymore. The kids that had been missed by Mississippi State and Ole Miss for years. Mm-hmm. Dan Mullen came in and started getting the Tavez Calhouns that nobody else wanted. You're he started right. getting the Bernard McKinney's that nobody else wanted. He started getting the Jonathan Banks that nobody else wanted. And all of a sudden, there goes USM's pipeline. All the players that they put on to get to them weren't getting to them anymore because Dan Mullen was smart enough to take them. You bring up an interesting point, the sort of, sort of a what-if kind of thing there. And You think about Mullen, and obviously the biggest complaint you had with Mullen through his years at Mississippi State was he was not – he didn't recruit a lot of elite talent. But when you look at this team, you know, Dak, Josh Robinson, Dylan Day, uh, Deronia Wilson to an extent, uh, defensively for sure with Preston Smith, McKinney, Calhoun, those guys. Is this, is this season the same if Dan Mullen's a better recruiter and he doesn't have those guys? I, I just think, I, I think you need to go to the root of your question and realize that we're looking at recruiting the wrong way. Okay. So we're saying he doesn't recruit elite guys. Well, yeah, he does. He's just the only one who knows that they're elite guys. Right. He's, he's the only. He's, he's the, the only best evaluator player. in college football. I would say that. Correct. We, we we sit back and we say, oh, he didn't get this fight. He, well, I, the 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 crux of this, the heart of this team was the 2011 recruiting class, mm-hmm. which, if you remember, was the year that state fans wanted to run Dan Mullen out on a rail. Oh yeah. Because he lost. Tobias Singleton, he lost Nicholas Frazzle, he lost C.J. Johnson, he lost Jermaine Whitehead. Not one of those players ended up amounting to shit. Outside Jermaine Whitehead. Jermaine Whitehead. Please, 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 care, careful with the language there. Careful with that, sir. He, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He wasn't good in college, <laughs> but none of those players amounted to anything. Right. Meanwhile, he had to take Bernard McKinney instead of C.J. Johnson. Right. Bernard McKinney's on a $65 million contract. C.J. Johnson's working at Scuba. Yeah. You know, so Dan Mullen is a good recruiter. He's not a recruiter by the standards of the Yankee Porters of the world because they don't know anything. Yeah, That's, that's always been my contention with Dan Mullen. It's so funny looking back at that class. State signed one four-star kid, D. Arrington, who ended up not doing anything because of injury. And then you look at the yeah. bottom of that class, and it's just insane. Uh, Preston Smith, Justin Malone was a three-year starter, Tavez Calhoun, Kendrick Market was a three-year starter, Darius Slay is in that class as a JUCO. He wasn't on this team, obviously. Uh, Bernard McKinney, who you mentioned, Rufus Warren was a solid starter, Josh Robinson, Dak Prescott, P.J. Jones. I mean, you're right. You know, it, 
Damon always says that too. He talks about recruiting. He says, "Look, you got to come back five years later. If you come back five years later and re-rank this class, I guarantee if you do everything the same as far as their formulas go, it's probably a top five class. Because if nothing else, you've got the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys in this class. Yeah, and, and, and you've got you've got three Pro Bowlers yeah. in that class. Yeah, I don't think Preston Smith made a Pro Bowl. Preston Smith might make one one day, but right now you got McKinney, Slay, and Dak. Three Pro Bowlers in right. that class." And, and and Dak, if nothing else, like you said, and, I mean, and I didn't, didn't I didn't mention uh, a guy who was a key part of this team for a good part of the season. Point City Justin Cox was on this was yeah. in that class too. So I mean, he played a role as well. So they beat, they win the first game pretty easily. They struggled in the second game. They struggled against 47, UAB. Forty seven thirty four, I believe, was the final. And this was what I remember from this game is UAB hit like five or six just random one-on-one shots way down the field. You're correct. They, they hit these long, I think they had J.J. Nelson, the receivers in the pros now, but they hit these long passes that, you know, you look back, you look at it at the time like, oh, no, we're bad in the secondary. Well, they were very random. They were very they were very non, non-sustainable. And I remember our message board freaking out that our defense wasn't any good. Yes. That was a, a very common freak out at this point. But you're right. That they, I want to say they had at least three. I'm look. I got the box score here in front of me. Um, they had at least three touchdowns of 50 yards or more. Uh, four, well, that's a, that's an yeah. State goes up, you know, 13 to three, and you think, okay, they're just going to roll away. 88 yard touchdown to uh, the, the aforementioned JJ Nelson. Uh, 81 yard touchdown, 75 yard touchdown, and that the last one comes with. Uh, 49 seconds left on the clock. So, I mean, if State win, if that doesn't yeah. happen, if State wins 47-27, I don't think anybody's saying it so much. But, yeah, they gave up a ton of yards in that game, but they were unstoppable offensively. Dak uh, threw for 211. Robert Johnson had a uh, 68-yard touchdown catch on, like, the second play from scrimmage. Uh, Josh Robinson had another 100-yard game. I mean, it wasn't a great win. But it, it gave you the idea that, if nothing else, this team, that you knew they could score points. And that was going to become a theme sort of the rest of the way, I think. At this point, I believe I was thinking, you know what, that game happened, it's 2-0. I don't think you can take much from that. Uh, going to have one more of these games, and then, and then they'll figure it out. I don't, I don't think at this point I, I thought in a couple of weeks they'd be able to go down right. to LSU. But I, thought, I, I still thought I don't see anything to knock me off my preseason projection. I think it's a good team. I don't know if it's a great team. I've always said sort of the same thing about this, this, the way this season started, and that's I always looked at it sort of like as a preseason. They had those three non-conference games to go into the three straight SEC games. Do you sort of see that as that, that maybe even Mullen took it that way as I've got three games to sort of work out the kinks before i got to play? And then they had a bye, right? They, play, they had the bye week. No, they didn't. They had the bye week after no, the LSU. the bye was between LSU and a and right? right? But they, they knew they were going to have three non-conference games they should win. They'll play at LSU, and then they've got a bye. And my guess is Mullen's thinking, okay, we'll probably be 3-1, and one, and then I'll have a week to sort of tinker and figure out where we are. I, I think I disagree with you there. Okay. I, I think Mullen I think Mullen. He figured it out. Remember, yeah. No, no I, I, I think he knew, though, before LSU. Oh, yeah. The pregame speech at LSU. Yes. I think, that, I think that was real when he said they don't have any idea what's coming out. I, what I'm and, saying is I think he thought that maybe in August. By the time he got to okay, LSU, yeah. he's thinking, no, 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 I've, I've got a good team here. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's, there's an element to let's use these first three games to make sure we got everything we need going forward. Obviously, 
you knew Dak was something, but uh, I don't know that you knew Josh Robinson was going to be as good as he was. Right. I don't know that you knew that uh, that uh, the defense would be. I don't know if they knew anything about the defense really, other than we've got some talented guys. Right. They go down to South Alabama and win 35-3 to in a game that I think is more famous for the, the, the lines trying to get into the stadium and the heat than anything that actually uh, happened heat. on the field day. Uh, I, I remember it for another reason. But okay. I, I don't know that I've ever told you about this. Okay. But Breaking it's news. A brief little, it's a brief little story. Okay. So, you know, I was, uh, I, I was down in Mobile. It was my first road game as a beat rider. Yeah. Okay. And I drove down, and I was going to drive back that night. Okay. And so I, I did the game. I sat between Logan Lowry, and I, I don't think I sat by you that game. I wasn't at that and, game, so no, it wasn't me. Oh, well, no, then I definitely didn't sit by you. So <laughs> I go down. You know how the game is. Well, about five minutes left in the game, we go down to the field, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then we, then we go to the press conference, and then we come back up and we finish our writing. All right? So I left my computer unattended, and when I came back, there was a hotel room key on my keyboard and said room 1215 or something, and somebody had left a hotel room key for me, okay? Okay. I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to do. I, is, this, is this somebody that mistakenly left me a hotel key? Is there an amorous female somewhere that wants me to come to the hotel? Yeah. I didn't know. So you know what I did? You you stayed and went to the hotel. I got in the car and I went home. And I got the hell out of there as quick as I could. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, and I still to this day don't know exactly what happened. There was some South Alabama media relations assistant AD that was hot to trot. And was she, ready to go. She now, was ready I, to I take a know. walk. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was a prank or whatever. That's hilarious. I, I, I had, I've never heard that story. I remember sitting in the parking lot, and I called a friend of mine back home, and I said, what do, you, what do I do? Do I just take a shot? Yeah. He said, he said well, if you, uh, you have a little personal information, my wife and I were separated during this year. Oh, anyway, that's right. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, uh, I'm so, glad you didn't call me then, because I told you to go to the hotel room. So I said, do I take a shot? And he said, Brandon, you got a full tank of gas? I said, yeah. He said, get in the car, and you come home as quick as you possibly can. And I, I got out of there. <laughs> Hilarious! I, I'd never heard that story. That's fantastic. So, so stay- yeah, but thirty-five-three. I remember uh, Dak had a forty-yard touchdown in it, but otherwise, that was a very nothing game. The offense was a little sluggish. Yeah, but again, it was just this was one of those uh, those games Dak threw, ran, and caught a touchdown pass in. It was it was hot as hell. Yeah, Sun Belt Stadium. You just you just want the four quarters to go by. And nobody get hurt. And get yeah. Out of there. And that's basically what you got. So now you're set up to go down to LSU, who was ranked in the top ten at this point. Um, you know, I don't know why, because their name is LSU, basically. Um, they were number eight, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they had scraped by Wisconsin and then back-to-back shutouts against Sam Houston State and UL Monroe. So, I mean, you know, they had, they had done a little. Beating Wisconsin was a good win. And then you, you mentioned it. You know, when you go back and rewatch the Hell State highlight of, the, of this game, which I'm sure you and I have both done an inordinate amount of times, Mullen, and Josh Robinson says, he says, don't be surprised. And Mullen says, I don't think they know what's about to take this field. And he was right. And, and to be honest with you, when he says they, he means everybody outside of that locker room because I will guarantee that you in the press box and me sitting at home watching this game, neither one of us thought what was about to happen was going to happen. No, uh, no. It, 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 
I believe he knew he had a top ten, top five team at that moment, and it would be evident, I think, midway through the first quarter, that the better team was wearing maroon and white. Yes, it, it was. It was. It was immediate. It was impressive. It was everything. I just remember. To me, I think personally, this is my favorite game of 2014. Yeah, I agree. Because we had not beaten. Remember, we've beaten, I guess we've beaten them one more time since then, or maybe twice. Have we since them since this game, more? we have beat, State has beaten LSU. You got me saying we here. Uh, State has beaten LSU just once since this game. They beat them in 17. That's right, beat them by 30. Yeah. But, so we, but, but at that point, Mississippi State hadn't beaten them since 99? 99. They, they, since, since Jackie Sherrill had taken over, I used to make the joke that Rod Gibson was the one in 21-1. and one. That's what LSU's Correct. record was against State prior to this game. And to go down to Tiger Stadium and come out and just, I mean, slap them in the, not even slap them in the mouth, yeah. punch them in the mouth with a, with a huge overhand right. I think it's my favorite game of the season. Uh, I know in the second half it got closer than it should have gotten, but whatever. That, I, I will never forget, and, and I know you'll get to more detail, but there's just moments in this, in this game that stand out to me above the rest. And you look at this game, like you said, it, you look at the score and you think, okay, it was a close game, it won by five, but it was 34-10. to 10. At one point, and yeah. and you know Mullen, who has said since then he made a mistake. He really let off the gas. They had the ball first and goal uh, at the uh, like the two or three yard line. They end up kicking a field goal instead of just punching it in or pinning them deep. One of the two. Um, this game to me, and you mentioned early in the first quarter, you know State uh, well, three and out or LSU goes three and out to start the game. State first play from scrimmage, they dump it off out in the flat to Malcolm Johnson. He gets a big gain. Uh, they end up throwing a touchdown pass to Darunya Wilson. LSU responds with the drive all the way down to the MSU what two yard line, and then you get that right. that crazy goal line stand, which that was you know I've seen State go up seven nothing in Tiger Stadium. What I haven't yeah. seen is State make a stop on the next drive. It, it almost always will be seven seven right after that. And then they do what to me might be the best drive of the Dan Mullen era. Four plays. Yeah, is it four or five? I think it's five. It's five no, plays. I, no, I, I'm telling you right now, it's four. How much do you want to bet? Are you looking at it? No. I think it's four. Okay. First play, Dak takes the, the snap and just sort of barrels ahead trying to get out of the end zone. So it gets like two yards. Next, oh, crap. It's five crap. plays. <laughs> Are you sure? I am. Next play, they throw a – uh, I'm not certain that happened. I'm not certain. I am 100% certain that it happened because it was sec- okay. second down when they throw to Duranya on the sideline. He leaps up, makes the catch. Next play, Josh Robinson breaks loose a long run to get him across midfield. And then this is yeah. the key play to me. And I, I and I, I remember this because back on the B&B show, I made a comment to Bob. I said, there's going to be an opportunity in the game. And I don't know why I remember this. I guess because it actually happened. Where the state could hit a big pass play that can break the game open a little bit. And nine times out of ten, State's going to throw that pass incomplete. I've seen it happen too many times. That doesn't happen. Dak gets the cleanest pocket he could ever hope for. He had time to read a book. Finds Deronia Wilson open over the middle. He carries it down to about the two-yard line. Next play, Josh Robinson goes in, and it's 14 to nothing. And you use the right terminology. They punched him in the mouth. LSU's dazed at this point. They're just trying to get up off the canvas. So this was the moment for me. Okay. This, this- the goal line stand into the immediate throat-flashing drive is something I had never seen. Right. I had never seen. And if you remember, it was a very Tiger Stadium game to that point because LSU got to the two-yard line on a bogus pass interference call against yeah. Will Redman, I believe. Just a terrible call. 
that's a moment every single team, not just Mississippi State teams, every team folds there. Every team gives up a touchdown there. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a freshman named Leonard Fournette. He couldn't get anywhere. Yeah. And they gets the ball and just it, – it, to go 98 yards in five plays the way they did, mm-hmm. there was not an 89-yard play. There were just like four 20-yard plays. Yeah. And they just they just went straight down the field. All of a sudden, it's 14 nothing, and it is silent. Yeah. It is silent in Death Valley, and that's where – if you're already writing your game story, you delete it because you've got something new to talk about. Yes. So then, you know, State, uh, did the LSU score after that? No. State makes it 17 nothing. LSU kicks a, uh, of course, this is, an, this is, this is sort of, uh, there's a Mullen moment in here. And by Mullen moment, I mean we're a moment where you just scratch it. You go, what, what are you thinking? Where State, you know, gets another hold. And so now it's 14 nothing. You've got the ball back. First play, Josh Robinson runs, rips off a 70-yard run or so. Down way down deep into LSU territory, what does State do? They just give the ball to Josh Robinson again. He just ran seventy yards. I don't understand why they didn't take him out. I don't understand why they didn't throw the football there. Something, but they end up having to settle for a field goal. So it's it's seventeen uh, it's seventeen three at halftime. You're around all these LSU media people up there. What are they saying? Oh, they're just I I just remember nobody really talking. I was I was mostly in the Mississippi State people. I just remember nobody really talking to each other. It was like you're watching a pitcher throw a no hitter. Yeah. And just like, because at this point, you're all still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. And I know you're impressed. I know you've seen everything, but the other shoe drops immediately in the third quarter. Right. And that's when that's when the world comes. But no, it, it they they reverse it again. Yeah. So. Basically, what like the second play of the third quarter, uh, Dak makes a, a poor decision, fumbles the football. LSU picks it up, they run it in seventeen ten, and then State gets the ball back. And then they have this to me might be the play of the game, third and long, and they run a tunnel screen to Deronia Wilson who barrels for it, it gets the first down, and that sets up the, the the big Dak play. I don't know what Mullen saw on film. I don't know what he thought. That he, why he went with that play, but that's the best play call maybe of the season right there. Brian, I, I have never, I don't remember ever seeing that play before that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember ever seeing that play again. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing a, fan, a roll to the left, turn around, throw it to the running Wilson who's got a screen set up. I, I never saw it except for that one third and eight in Tiger Stadium, mm-hmm. and the running rips off, you know, nine or ten. Dylan Day finishes the play with uh, the way Dylan Day does. But it, it, <laughs> it, it, it was, it, uh, again, you're sitting there, you're just waiting for it to happen, and then that that's on third down. And I remember before that snap, I remember clocking it in my mind, this is the loudest stadium I have yeah. ever heard in my life. Before that snap, it physically hurt my ears. Yeah. Because I believe this was the first year, and I know it was the first year, that they had recently extended yes. and they had gone over 100000 for the first yes. time. And it hurt my ears, and Dak stood in that, and Dan stood in that, and called a play that was absolute perfection. And I'll never forget, if you go back and watch the ESPN broadcast, Brad Nessler says, I don't really know what a decibel is, but I know that it's loud in here on that play. And then It was go ahead. unbelievable. And unbelievable. then, you know, I think it's uh, maybe two plays later, Dak takes off. I rewatched this play again. The SEC Network tweeted it out on Tuesday. What's LSU doing? State's five wide. You know what's coming. You know Dak's just going to take it up the middle. They're going to try to see what they can get. 
There's nobody in the middle of the field. Dak had. Even I mean, if you don't know what's coming, even if you don't, you gotta you gotta know what's in the arsenal. You gotta protect against it. They've got nobody there. Yeah, and so Dak. That basically that's the iconic play of Mississippi State football the the past what twenty plus years. You know, probably since Billy Jackson's fumble recovery, the long touchdown run, the big stiff arm. Takes it in, pushes the lead back out to 24-10. State makes it 34-10 uh, on the on the next possession where they Jamion Lewis will never be more wide open in his entire. Well, hold on now, we got to stop and talk about Dak's play. Okay, break it down. I I just I can I, I just I've watched it so many times. I can hear Brad Nessler saying this is what he does better than anybody. Yeah, yeah. The Ronnie Wilson with the block at the end, and and you know rest in peace to Ronnie Wilson. People remember he was a good receiver, but this was probably the best downfield blocker in the history of Mississippi State. This, yeah. this guy, you, he would just destroy people down the field. He did there. And I remember I was on about the 30-yard line, and, and State was right in front of me. Yeah, They were right in front of me on the snap. And I just remember Jack running away from me and thinking in my mind, this is a moment you will never, ever forget. Yeah. This is this is something that's happening. This is iconic. Watching it. As it was going on. Yeah. And he scored, and he points to the sky, and, okay, they're back in control. I think it goes three and out. They get the ball back, and then, then the Jamie on Lewis play. And the thing about the Dak play, I remember watching from watching on television, was, you know, he busts up the middle, and he breaks the tackling. Like, All right, this is a big game. He makes a little cut to get back to the sideline, and that's when I realized he was going to score. And, I, yeah. I you know, at that point, you're just like, we took their best shot and we just gave it right back to them. We're going to win this game. And then well, that's the difference. That's the difference in watching on TV and where I was. I was watching Dak from behind, mm-hmm. and I could see as soon as he stiff armed him, I could see it was over. Yeah. It, 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 you know, there was one guy that had a chance, but the run you had him under control. Yeah. It was. It, it was just. You know, for fifty yards, it was just Dak getting there. Yeah. And it was. It was unbelievable. I mean, I I, I say that word a lot, but yeah. I, well, I mean, it fits though. It fits. Moment. The, the Jamion Lewis play is such a weird play. It, it looks like LSU's got Dak. He rolls out yeah. of trouble, and then they have completely left Jamion. I mean, Dak could have punted him the football. And nobody, there's, there's nobody within the picture. When, you, when Dak breaks, you're, you're, look, you're, think about yourself in the press box. When Dak breaks containment and he rolls out, do you scan down to him? Do you see what, you, what Dak sees there? No, I don't. I, I, I see him roll out, and I see him throw the ball, and I'm like, okay, is there somebody there? And as soon as Jamie Allen catches it, you realize, yep, he's there, and nobody else is there either. No, nobody and in the frame on television. I mean, just, just not what even I close. Remember, what I remember most about this play and, and watching it backwards, this tells you how, how tough it is to be a state fan sometimes. I watch it now, and I still get nervous they're going to call a false start on uh, Mississippi State. Because <laughs> I think it's – I don't know if it's a left tackle. I think it's a left tackle or maybe the right tackle. Leaves early. Yeah. I mean, it's a false start, if you're being honest. And they don't call it, and Dak does what he does and finds Jamie on Lewis. And I know that it got closer later, mm-hmm. but that was, the, that was the play that broke their back. That yeah, was the, that was the end of the game. game. It's 31-10. Yeah. State makes it 34-10. LSU scores three times in the fourth quarter to, to end up making it a five-point game. And, of course, they had a Hail Mary there at the end, yeah. which I think every State fan, as soon as that ball went in the air, there was a lot of, they're going to catch it. So and, I didn't watch it. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I was down field level, and I took my camera phone, and I, I turned my back to the field. They're 100 yards away from me, and I just shoot Mississippi State fans and their reaction. Mm-hmm. A, a, it was going to be good to have the reaction, and B, I didn't want to watch them catch the ball. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and and uh, you know, I fell on the turf, or somebody—I don't know if somebody picked it off. I still don't know that. I've ever I, I think it got deflected. I think Will Redmond knocked it down. Yeah. So there you go. And 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 then thirty-four twenty-nine is the final score, and all of a sudden Mississippi State's off. Yeah. They get the and then they get at the worst possible time. They have a bye week, or, or is it the best possible time? What do you think? I thought it was. I, I thought it was decent time. I. I because um, you know you got A and M and Auburn coming up, and you know they're going to be tough, but they're at home, and you get a bye week now, and you get two weeks for prepare. For the, I mean, you wouldn't want to play three top ten teams. Bang, bang, bang. It was intercepted. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Brandon. Ain't to interrupt. Intercepted by Will Redmond. Yeah. Okay. He did that twice, I believe. I think he did it against Arkansas later in the year. Yes, he did. So, uh, so they get the bye week. And now we're set up for this crazy day in Mississippi, this historic day. Yeah. You've got State, Texas A&M. You've got Ole Miss, Alabama. Old, game day is at the uh, the Grove. Uh, SEC, what is it called? SEC this morning. What is the name of that show? SEC Nation. SEC Nation is in uh, is in the junction. Is this sort of like the forgotten game? Everybody remembers LSU. Everybody remembers Auburn. But nobody talks about how badly State beat Texas A&M up this I day. don't think it, it shouldn't be forgotten because – it was a whipping of, yeah. of epic proportion. And I remember going on Houston radio. I, and at this point, the LSU game, I was full of piss and vinegar. I was, I was confident in Mississippi State. I was walking around. Mm-hmm. And if you ask Gene Swindle or uh, Steve Robinson to this day, they'll tell you that I predicted this game exactly. And I went on Houston radio. They said, all right, Brandon, what about this team? What about this? And at the end, they said, all right, who's going to win? Mississippi State or Texas A&M? I said, I think State's going to win by three touchdowns. I, I think A&M's a fraud. I think oh, man. everything they, they – uh, yeah, I did. I, I, I think that uh, Kenny Hill, this whole story, is, is kind of fake. I think Dak is the real story here. And they were like, whoa, whoa, wow. And here you go. Texas A&M, Mississippi State, 11 o'clock, beautiful, bright, sunshiny day. And Mississippi State just beat the living crap out of them. Maybe the best atmosphere ever for an 11 a.m. kickoff. I, I couldn't imagine one better. I, I just remember SEC Nation, I believe, I don't know if they kicked off at 8 or 9, mm-hmm. but I got there and I thought, well, if I get there at 8, I'll be okay. I got there at 8 and it was full. Yeah. It was, there was nowhere to go. I went back to SEC Nation set and I couldn't get close. So yeah. it, was, it was, the fan base was ready, the fan base was amped, and we didn't know if we'd ever get game day, which, you know, we find out a, a little bit later, you know, that would change. Yeah. But it was, it was just, I, I don't think if you put, you, you can't put LSU and Auburn games ahead of the A&M game because it was just as important. No, I agree. This was another game you mentioned, you know, you thought they were going to win by, by three touchdowns. They almost won by 31. They give up. In the final two minutes, they gave up two touchdowns. They were up 48 to, uh, to 24. So they were up, I guess, 24 points. And they no, they were up 48-17. They were up 48-17, but they, they, they did score. Oh, no, you're right. It was 48-17, so yeah, 31, and in the final and if you remember, two if minutes, you remember, yeah. It also has, it was 48-17, and that threw him the prettiest ball I've ever seen. To Fred Ross. Yeah, 86-yard touchdown, and Fred Ross just dropped it. Just dropped it. I'll never, I can still see that ball in the air. I can still it see a, it in the air. It was, a, it was one of the prettiest passes I've ever seen in my life. State and, ran the, uh, and, they ran a, 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 like a pitch option fake. So they, they, did, yeah. they did like a triple option. That play was usually open. And Ross is wide open. All he's got to do is catch the ball. He's going to walk into the end zone. And he just dropped it. So, yeah, the state could easily put up the 50-burger on them. Uh, no so question. Kenny, Kenny Hill, I remember A&M, they got the ball first. Mm-hmm. And they went down and scored immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. And 
State got the ball back, and the, the big play in the first drive was Dak with a little option to um, Josh Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. got probably 50 or 60, and there was also a 15-yard targeting penalty on A&M. So yeah. that put him in, and once they tied the game, I, it was just the waterfall well, had started. It went from 7 nothing to 28-7. In a blink of an eye. Yeah. Robinson gets two touchdowns. Dak runs one in. Theronia catches a touchdown. We, we talked a little bit about Will Redmond a minute ago. You know, this is the Richie Brown game. Three yep. picks. Just, I, did go. Richie Brown ever have another pick? I'm sure he did, but <laughs> it, Richie Brown just had three interceptions this game. And Richie Brown's the name we haven't even said to this point. Yeah. You got me. You're going to make me look that up, but. He had three interceptions in this game. I, 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 it's, it's difficult to wrap your head around, to be totally honest with you. that a, And he's a linebacker. I mean, if a safety had, you know, Jeremy Johnson had three interceptions in the Egg Bowl in 2005. Sure. Yeah. He's, a, he's a safety. You know, you tell me Fred Smoot or Robert Bean does it. Okay, no problem. Richie Brown had, four, had five career interceptions. He had one. Yeah, Mark McLaurin did it. Mark McLaurin did it to Lamar Jackson in the in Yeah, the bowl game. but they're safeties. Yeah. All right? That, this, is, this is a. Line, an inside linebacker that did this three times, absolutely in, 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 insane. You know, something you won't see, you probably won't see very often. But I thought it showed you. I thought it showed you how good. And this is the first time we mentioned his name, but Jeff Collins really was a good defensive coordinator. Yeah, he still is. A, yeah, I don't think he was a great defensive coordinator. I don't think he was as good as Grantham later or, or even Shoup later. But um, Grantham, uh, what's his name? Collins got a lot out of his guys, and that day. I think he knew Kenny Hill would panic and Kenny Hill would do this, and he had Richie Brown in position. I mean, he had he had guys all over the field, and Kenny Hill couldn't figure it out. You mentioned Collins. Let's let's talk about one thing that I know drives MSU fans crazy about this season, though, is one A one B. Yeah, that was um, that that was. I think it ended up. And we'll get to it later. I, I think going to it in games like in Tuscaloosa was probably probably started torpedoing the season. Right. You, when you play Alabama, you've got to have Chris Jones, McKinney, Brown, those guys right. on the field as much as there's you can. A reason, there's a reason a guy doesn't want to take because yeah. he is your best player. Right. And uh, Chris Jones should be on the field as often as Chris Jones can humanly be on the field. Right. Uh, same with Bernard McKinney and others. Right. State wins this game easily. 48-31 was the final score. The polls come out on Sunday. State's tied for third with Ole Miss, who has beaten Alabama. Florida State is still number one. They're, they're undefeated, the defending national champions. And Auburn is at number two. So now you've got the situation. And Florida State had not been impressive to this point. Right. They, they're, they're number yeah. one because they were the defending national champions and they hadn't lost yet. That's the only reason. And so now you know, you know, you know going into that game on Saturday – Number two versus number three. Whoever wins that game is jumping Florida State. They're going to be the number one team in the nation. Well, let me let me let me stop you real quick. Okay. Uh, I think now is a good time to go ahead and I just got to say the A and M game. Its importance cannot be overstated because when they beat LSU, they jumped in the top twenty-five up to number fifteen, I believe. Yeah. But if they if they come out beating A and M by seven, they might move up to number nine. Yeah. Number eight. You're not wrong. They they might move up to number ten. But the fact that on a national audience, they absolutely boat race A&M, mm-hmm. that combined with Ole Miss beating Alabama, frankly, the, the two teams did it together. They helped each other. Yeah. Um, that statement on national TV jumped them all the way up to number three. Yeah. And that is why when, when you talk about the run to number one, 
the A&M game was absolutely as important as either of the other two. Will there ever be a day like that in the state of Mississippi again, where both teams are on that kind of spotlight? I, You know, Brian, I know the, the answer is, is probably no, but I, I don't know how you could actually say no. Because in, if in August of 2013 I said, you know what, next year, next year, the SEC Nation game day will both be in Mississippi and they're both going to number three in the country at the same time, you just slap me in the face. Yeah. So, no, you can't see it coming, but... I can't say right now that Mike Leach isn't going to start hot and go 6-0 and this year, or maybe next year Lane Gibbons starts hot and goes 5-0, and and it could happen again. It could happen. Okay. Now, the you know, the game day crew only has to drive 90 miles south. They're going to be in Starkville for the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the hype is just it, – it, it, I don't think MSU fans really understood – I think there was like – Okay, this is great, but I don't think they realized just how big it was. Am I, am I wrong in that? Am I, am I am I missing something? I feel like I think you're I think you're a little off base because I remember when when uh, when I was sitting I was sitting with I don't remember his name, but he was a, a mid level athletic department guy. He ended up going to a Michigan school later. Uh, with Scott Weatherby, he's there. Yeah, I was sitting with Scott Weatherby. And we were talking about the mechanics and the logistics of SEC Nation coming in. And I said, I just remember offhandedly asking, I know it's not game day, but maybe perhaps one day we'll get game day in the future. And he said, he said, I, I, I just remember it clear as day. He goes, you know, I think that day in the future might not be too far from now. <laughs> he knew something. And yeah. I, he just, the way he said it was like, oh, there's been conversations. There's been talks that if, if things line up, they could be, game day could come this year. Yeah. And, and I just, I just remember the game day announcement. State fans went, they went crazy. Yeah, they went crazy because Ole Miss had had it a week before. It had never been to Mississippi, and now it comes back to back weeks. I think state fans absolutely knew how big it was. This is a really weird game. It starts off slow. I think both teams are go three and out on their first possessions. Wait, wait! I, I just want to slow you down there. Can we slow down? Yeah. So, you probably did it. I did it. I just. I never visualized what the junction would look like full, full. And I'm yeah. not talking about my Alabama's here, let's tailgate full. I'm talking about game days in the back of the junction and every person who can possibly be in the junction is there. And I just remember, this is amazing. Yeah. This is unbelievable. I didn't even go. I, 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 got to, I went to the stadium and I saw the junction because I was like, there's no point. I can't get in there. But when you go to the stadium... You can see you can still see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're. That's what that, that was my first real look at the junction was from inside the press box. I remember walking. I walked all the way down to that ramp on the uh, on the south side mm-hmm. and standing on that ramp and looking down at it and being like, I, I can't believe this. Yeah, yeah. It was, it and, was and further, really something. And further to, to make it even bigger, it's not every day we got the CBS game of the week. That's right. I mean, at this point, it had been. Uh, I think eleven years or nine years. It had been two thousand five, uh, Alabama, and the only reason they came. So we that- got, we got Uncle Vern. We got Gary. We got we got the nation spotlight. I mean, right. It's, 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 I it felt like the biggest on campus game to that point in history. You and had. I think you lived up to it. The press box was basically everybody's Twitter feed. I mean, it was all the national guys were there. Staples, Walken, Forty, Wetzel. Yeah. All those guys are in the press box. And I, I misspoke. State State goes three and out. State picks off Nick Marshall in the first play. Jay Hughes 
Yeah, so it does go three and out, and then uh, I believe Ryan Brown uh, tips the ball, mm-hmm. and it falls right to Jay Hughes. And again, it's another example of how, how great Mississippi State's other guys were, because we talk about the NFL guys, but Jay Hughes is just a, a good college safety, a good college player by that point, uh, a junior or a senior, a, a grown a senior. man who's yeah. been around. A coach's son. Coach, I was about to say, coach's son, smart player, knew where to be, took advantage of the yeah. situation. So uh, Jay Hughes picks the ball off and uh, returns it about, I don't know, 10, 10 15 yards. Yeah. And that sets up Mississippi State's first drive. Yeah, which was, which was a short drive, a 34-yard touchdown pass to, from Dak to Deronia Wilson where he just barrels into the end zone over a couple of Auburn defenders. And again, uh, certainly rest in peace to Deronia Wilson, but I think this is – we talked about the Dak play. This is his number one play. I think this is the number one Deronia Wilson play of all time. Yeah, if you said, show me Deronia Wilson's career in one play, this is the play I would show you. Yeah. Where he, so catches, he catches it. Catches it. About and the 12. Yeah. And then runs over guys like he's Earl Campbell, basically. Yeah, he absorbs the hit in the back. Uh, he makes one move and then just and then just rides, uh, rides yeah. a couple defenders into the end zone for the last five yards. So then State kicks it off. And Auburn turns it right back over. A fumble. Yeah. Recovered, I believe, by Beniquez Brown. Maybe McKinney. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say McKinney recovered that one. Okay. I've watched this game very recently. Okay. McKinney recovered it. I think I did uh no, Tavez Calhoun calls it. Yeah, Tavez Calhoun, Calhoun calls the fumble. the fumble, yes. Yeah, and then McKinney was right there and it was one of those bang bangs because right live I thought, well, it was an incomplete pass. Yeah. And they repeated it and oh, one, two, fumble, and there you go. Mississippi State set up again. And a quick drive. Josh Robinson plows in from the one. It's 14 nothing. Well, there's a, there's another play in there. There's a play that was, uh, I don't know if it was first or second down. But, the pass uh, to Josh, Robinson. Josh Robinson leaked out of the the, the little wheel route, and, and nobody covered him. The wheel route that didn't, they didn't use a lot yeah. uh, with Josh Robinson, and he got it all the way down to the two-yard line. Yeah, and, and uh, completely uncovered. He, and you said they didn't use it a lot. Obviously, Auburn wasn't prepared for that because he's just standing there by himself. Dak finds him. He runs down. I thought he, he had a chance to score. He gets stopped yeah. short, but they give him the ball, and he plunges in. There's a beautiful touch pass by Dak. Yeah. He kind of dropped it off the table to him. Then you get another, you know, another Auburn possession. They can't do anything with this one. State gets the ball back and actually has to make a drive here. Their first two drives combined were 65 yards. This is a seven-play, yeah. 71-yard drive. Dak plunges in. All of a sudden in this game where you know if State wins, they're going to be the number one team in the nation. They're playing the number two-ranked Auburn Tigers, who are the defending SEC champions. It's 21 to nothing. Yeah. And you know, you and I both know, you know we're, we're both, we try, we try to do our jobs professionally, but at the same time we're both Mississippi State fans. And I have always tried my best to, you know, I don't want to go too far in the press box. I don't. And I remember Bob Karskadden sitting next to me saying, you have to calm down. Yeah, well. It's 21 nothing. I was just like, I'm about to take my pants luck. off in this place. I mean, this, this, right. is, this is insane. And Davis Wade Stadium is in full meltdown. I can remember seeing the, you know, the, the way the press box is set up. The, yeah. the back row is the MSU people, all the athletic department. The the third row is the local media. That's where I'll sit. Brandon was sitting there. Uh, would have been Mike Bonner for Clarion Ledger, those guys, right? Yeah. The, the second row is visiting media and national media, should any of them show up. Now, usually there's not a lot of people down there, but for this game it was packed. I can remember looking down at that row, and those guys were looking around like, what have I stepped into? I, right. I, I was yeah. not prepared for what's happening right now. That was that, that, I think that's 
that 21 nothing moment is when you saw the cavalcade of national tweets like, this is the most unreal atmosphere in college football. This is, yeah. this, you, you can't believe this. And then you have another Mullen moment, right? Where he yeah. try, he, he's up, he gets Auburn to punt, he gets the ball back to start the second quarter, and they decide to try a fake punt. Here's where I, here's where I, nobody's ever done it. I, I, I wonder if, if if a pass is necessary here because you got to think Dan Mullen feels invincible at this moment, right? Yeah. Doesn't he kind of feel like he's, he's, he's feeling his oats like, a little bit? Yeah, like like I got a team that is up twenty-one nothing. I got I got a quarterback. I got a this. Yeah, we're, we're gonna get this and we're gonna go down. We're gonna make it twenty-eight nothing. I don't. I know that it didn't work, and I know, but I kind of like when a coach says, "You know what." Screw it! They can't stop us. We're gonna, we're gonna. I, th- down I think it's more that in his career he just consistently faked punts at bad times at Mississippi State. He had about well, four I, of them. I, I just I, the thing about Dan Mullen that is, is weird is it seems like his his trick plays were always poorly timed and his his fake punts were always doomed from the start. Like he never really he figured everything out in Mississippi State except how to. Manipulate those moments. Yeah, I agree with that. Albert scores a couple of times. They make it 21-13. State gets the ball back. And then this, to me, is Albert has the momentum. And they, you know, they're going to get the ball. I think that they're getting the ball first out of the locker room. But then State puts together a good drive and it ends up with Dak, again, doing the same thing he did at LSU, only it's much shorter. It's only yeah. a 15-yard run. But, again, State goes five wide. There's nobody in the middle. He takes one step and he's gone. Okay, but there, here's another weird. This this was a weird game, in that the morning it was sunny, the afternoon it was sunny, kickoff it was sunny, and then and for about five minutes in the second quarter it was a torrential downpour. So I went to dinner the other night before all this bad stuff started happening, and uh, the bar had this game on. Yeah, and I was with one of the new MSU writers who who wasn't you know he's a young kid he wasn't here, and I, we were trying to explain like it was raining a lot, and they and then you see it on TV and you're like, I mean, that may be the hardest it's ever rained in Starkville period, for about was, twenty minutes. It, it was just like Noah's the second coming of Noah's Ark. It, it was really weird because uh, it just it was just such a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day up to that point, but it was just one of those rogue showers that settled right over. Davis Wade, I remember everybody being soaking wet, but I think I think Dak's run came brief right after the rain. Yeah. And, you know, everything started to open up again. I always remember about the rain, you know, there's a there's that little tin roof over the press box. And yeah. you couldn't see because the rain was cascading off of that roof down. And it was like, I guess I know what's happening. It was it was it was incredible for a few minutes. They go to the half and it stops raining. Auburn scores to start the third quarter. On a, on a good drive, a 10-play, 99-yard drive. State had pinned them deep and, and couldn't do anything with it. They cut it to eight, and from there they never got any closer than that. State scores the final uh, – scores a, a, uh, the field goal in the fourth quarter to push the lead out to 11. And then Auburn fu- – we're going to throw out another name out here. State – they fumble yeah. the football. Richie Brown causes the fumble. I'm sorry, no. Richie Brown recovers the fumble. Quadri Antoine. Oh, my gosh. Caused the fumble. Quadri Antoine. It, it, I just remember – his high school taste, and it was nothing but it was nothing. It was knockout punches, personal foul, personal yeah. foul penalty. Yeah, and I was thinking, we got to get this guy. <laughs> I thought, I thought Quadri Antoine was going to be a massive star. Yeah, I thought he was going to be the next uh, Nico Whitley. I don't know if I can. I, I say Nico Whitley, but I, I'm not sure. Those two. Uh, yeah, I don't. 
Because I don't know how long Quadri had been there. But anyway, I thought he was going to be the next big-time safety at Mississippi State. Yeah, and it just didn't pan out. But he made this one play. Uh, State scores again, makes it 38-23. Uh, 38-20. Auburn does get a field goal. And then the game ends with another intercepted pass off a deflection. Chris Jones with the deflection. And uh, your boy Justin Cox. Gets the interception. Yeah, Point City. Um, that was the original Point City until Aries Williams took it over. But uh, Chris Jones. Did Marcus Murphy uh, take it from him? Yeah, Marcus Murphy has it right now. And, okay. Uh, we're 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 scouting for the next one right now. I got gotcha. you in West Point. But it's coming. Don't worry. I'm uh, not. I'm not worried about that. Uh, yeah. So, so that game. It's weird in the sense that it kind of peaked Mississippi State in the first half. Mm-hmm. And. I think they had what they had twenty eight at the break, scored ten in the second half, and did enough to win. And, and, and it was an impressive victory. But I don't really remember anything on the field from the second half no. until until the team rushed the field and you got the, the iconic image of Dan Mullen basically in tears. Yeah, and I can remember being down there and uh, people trying to rush the field and frankly security getting a little too too amped up to stop them. It was it was and it it was one of those great college football things where the day starts the game starts in full daylight and ends at dusk or, or dark mm-hmm. and I just remember being on that field and it's dark around you but I mean, just the most jubilation you've ever seen. Yeah. And then oddly enough and I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm selling this game short or not but it's like they had another bye right after this. How does that well, happen? Wait, what, uh, yeah. Let's, let's slow down a little bit there because I remember being in the press the, the press room afterwards. Yeah. Which is, you know, in the in the building up there, the Leo Steel building or whatever. You're on the third floor, and I'm, I look out over because you can look out over the, the, the field. Yeah. And everybody's still out there, and I'm thinking, that's the number one football team in the country down there. We're yeah. going to find out in a little bit. That's the number one football team in the country. And I woke up that Sunday morning, and boom, yeah. there it was. I, Mississippi I, State is number one. I took, I took two memories, and I've told this story many times, but you know, I didn't do the press conferences with you guys back then. I would stay up there. And I had some other stuff to do. And I remember just sitting there, and it was just me and David Brandt. Brandt and we're separated by a lot of seats, but it's, we're the only two media members up there. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm thinking about, you know, it was 2014, so with 39 years of being a Mississippi State fan. And I'm thinking about my dad who had passed away a couple years ago, and I, I just broke down. I started crying. Yeah. The, I was just like, because the, 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 I knew. I knew that yeah. the next day that poll was going to come out and it was going to say Mississippi State number one. And I remember like Kyle Niblett and a few other people just came over because they know who I am. And they're like, we're so, I'm yeah. so happy for you. This is incredible. And Bill Martin and all that. And, and you know, so I go in the restroom and I, I, I compose myself and I come back and I finish up my work. And then the next day I'm doing the B&B show with Bob and that's when the polls came out. And I was just like, it's, it, it, it's staggering is the only word you can think of. I mean, I wouldn't have been any more surprised if I had woken up with like a billion dollars in my, my checking account. So people, whether it's our fan base or other fan bases, like to downplay this moment. Yeah, how did it turn out? Yeah, how did the season? I mean, we'll get to that. But Brian, those five weeks were the best five weeks I've ever had as Mississippi State. Yeah, uh, I mean, they were. They were. I, I just remember going. I, I would do that every time I go to the field center. I'm like, that's the number one football team in the country in there. Yeah. The, this this is the center of the college football world. That had never happened. Even even the Mississippi State's runs in other sports. You know the Final Four in '96. You were never the number one team. You right. never, you were never the center of the universe. Even yeah. in, in baseball, you, you get to Omaha and you get to you, you get with eight other teams and you have a chance to win it. But I don't remember ever being able to point and say this 
this is the top of the mountain, and yeah. it's in Starkville, Mississippi. Yeah, and I'll never, I'll never forget it. Yeah, the next, you have the have the they have the bye week there, which I don't know. Again, I don't know if that was a good thing or a, a, maybe it was a good thing just to you know let them sort of. I, I would imagine that week of practice was tough, trying to get everybody's head out of the clouds. I would. So I, I think this was the. the that two weeks was probably the Dak Prescott media tour. Yeah, um, that's where it starts. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. But I think the bye week couldn't have come at a better time because yeah. they had to they had to take a step back and breathe. We'll just sort of go through these next three games. I don't want to go into too much detail, but the Kentucky game, first ever game that MSU is number one in the nation. This was another CBS game. State's back to back CBS games. Kentucky was five and two coming at this point. They should have been six and one. They had uh, let a game get away from them. Uh, I say get away. They got blown out, but they 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 were five and one going to LSU, and I didn't think that was a good LSU team, but they they blew them out. But Kentucky's five and two, State's undefeated, number one team in the nation, and this ends up being a pretty close game. And and you know Josh Robinson had the monster game, had the the, the huge highlights, the the ridiculous, the Super Mario run, as people want to call it. Uh, Dak was just okay in this game, right? Yeah, I I just uh, it was the first time to say. Look, just outside of UAB, which we don't really count, it was the first time Mississippi State looked just okay. Yeah. But um, I thought I thought Dak wasn't wasn't exceptionally sharp, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was the first road game yeah. in, in a month. Yeah. And it, it was I always I always gave him a pass because they still scored what they scored thirty eight points forty five. They scored 40, well, 40, 45, but they, the last seven was the uh, – the, the uh, and we could throw another name out, Christian Holmes, yeah. yeah, with the onside kick recovery, and he takes it, you know, 50-plus yards for the touchdown. But, you know, that those, those – I thought it was – I thought it was a game that – it was unique in the fact that Kentucky wasn't a bad football team and Mississippi State didn't play all that well, but there was never a moment where you're like, well, Mississippi State definitely is a better team. They're just kind of – they're just kind of doing what they need to do to, to, to get out of here. How many times have you watched an Alabama or an LSU yeah. be the better team and just, just do enough to survive and get back yeah. past and get to the next week? And that's yeah. what that was the first time we've seen this Mississippi State team do it. They did it again the next week with, with Arkansas. Uh, not a good Arkansas team. You know, they would finish seven and six. But struggled. This was the first game where the offense didn't show up. You look at the the, the, the scoring for this point. 49, 47, 35, 34, 48, 38, 45, 17. Yeah, and Arkansas was terrible. Yeah, uh, this not good. Was, this was, this was the, the worst game performance of the year so far. Um, just Dak had a highlight. Thompson made a one-handed catch. And then he had, the, I think, Tessator on the call called it his Heisman moment. Uh, yeah. Which Dak rolled to the left a little bit and threw it. Was it to Robert Johnson or Fred Ross? Fred Ross. Uh, 69 yards for a touchdown. Nice. To go ahead and end that game. And then you you mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Will Redmond seals the win here with an interception uh, in the end. Give Arkansas a lot of credit here, by the way. They play with nothing to lose, and they you know yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure that's the fourth down play, and they just throw it in the end zone trying to see what happens. And Will Redmond makes the play. State escapes seventeen to ten. And again, I think yeah. you and I are probably thinking along the same lines of you need a couple of games like this in the season just to keep you grounded a little bit. But as long as you win, who cares? Yeah, I think the Kentucky game was like that for me, but the Arkansas game was the first. And wait a minute, you could have beat this team by more. Yeah. Um, I don't know what what happened today. It's good to, to win, but uh, this wasn't this wasn't great. This wasn't a great development. Right. They blow out Tennessee Martin the next week. Not no, no point in going too deep into that one. And then they travel to Alabama. Alabama ranked, I think, fourth in the country or fifth. 
State number one. This has got to be, you know, there can't be a lot of times where number one has come to Tuscaloosa. Normally number one just stays there. Um, And if you win this game, you put yourself in the position where you've won the SEC West. No matter what happens in your final two games, you're going to go to the SEC championship game. I guess we sort of glossed over it. The college football playoff poll has come out at this point. State yeah. is number one in the in the original one. Uh, Ole Miss was number were they number four in the original one? Four. They were number four. Yeah. So you, you were at, at if everything had held at that point, you were going to have a, an egg bowl rematch uh, in the yeah. uh, in the college football playoff. Ole Miss obviously, you know, they, they slide off a little bit. They lose to LSU, then they lose to Arkansas. But State's still undefeated, still number one, going to Alabama. Is this to me? This is a very typical Dan Mullen game. Of when I, when he plays a team that's better than him, he they, the team came out they were not ready to play. They came out a little scared. The play calling was suspect, and then you blink your eyes and you're down nineteen to three. Well, I I, I go I, I go two things there. Number one, I don't think that Alabama team was better than Mississippi State. That was the I worst know. Alabama team of Saban's time yeah. there, outside of his first one. I, I, I think their quarterback I, was Blake Sims. I think Mississippi State should have won the football game. Mm-hmm. Um, number one. Uh, number two is, I don't think that's a typical Dan Mullen game as much as it feels like a typical Mississippi State game at Alabama or at one of these big schools in the sense that you, you get there and you're like down 19-3 before you can break. Right. It, it, just, it felt like it was more systemic than just Dan Mullen because Jack taking teams over there. Um, in 99, I thought Jackie had a team that was better than Alabama and yeah. just couldn't get out I agree. and couldn't, couldn't do anything. So, so it just felt like a kind of a, re, a reprise of 99. Cause that's a, the only two times I've been to Tuscaloosa are 99 and 14, and it felt the exact same. And you're down 19-3, you come back, you lose 25-20. I maintain to this day it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for a hill of beans, but State was a better team. They had a better quarterback. State should have won the game. And there were moments in the second half where if you can get one first down or one or stop them from getting a first down, you do win the game. I think Blake Sims had a couple of runs on third and eight, yeah. third and nine that, that, that extended Alabama. And then Jamie Allen Lewis, great player, probably had the biggest drop of the year. Yeah. Uh, he was, if you remember, the third down and he's going across the formation, he's wide open and he just dropped it. That would have been a first down. They could score, you never know. And then Dak threw a couple of really bad interceptions in this game. Uh, it just, everything, State did everything they could do to lose this game and still almost won it. You know, they had the safety. Yeah. I mean, the, first, the first scoring is the safety. Where Josh Robinson gets the ball and rather than just plunge ahead, try to get out of the end zone, he tries to make a cut in the end zone and gets yeah. stacked up there. You have the play where Alabama clearly fumbles the football, and they they don't overturn that on, on video. Yeah, gosh, when does that ever happen? Oh, I know, right? And you mentioned that Alabama team. I mean, gosh, they they Blake Sims is their quarterback. I mean, that that says enough right there. Their they, best player, I believe, was Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper made one play in this game. He had a long catch. Yeah. Um, so it just wasn't. And they showed. They got to the playoff and got destroyed. Yeah, and I mean, they had T.J. Yeldon and Derrick Henry, and they gave T.J. Yeldon more carries than Derrick Henry. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just this was not a great uh, Alabama team by any – I mean, they had a lot of talent, obviously, with, you know, Henry, Yeldon, first-round picks, Cooper, O.J. Howard. Defensively, you've got, you know, Landon Collins yeah. and, and those guys, Jerron Reed, Sean Robinson. But this was a beatable Alabama team, and you, you – they they knocked you down far too far in in the first half to come back. I mean, first half it's nineteen to three. The second half it's uh, seventeen to to eight, and you had the yeah. you they scored state scores at uh, at the fourteen sixteen mark to cut it to six in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They don't get the ball back for another eight minutes. 
Yeah, I think that was the Sims drive. Where yeah, he where he just kept he just kept get on third. State would get him third and long. And you're like, all right, here here it comes, and they could not get off the field for whatever reason. They score. State does score to make it 25-20, but it just sort of is what it is at that point. I think a lot of people looking back, if they could replay one game, uh, for some reason they replay the Ole Miss game that year because mm-hmm. that was the time that we'll get to later. I don't want to talk about it much, but I, I, <laughs> this is the this is the all time replay game for me. Oh, if, I think if, in in all sports. I think, if you play this, if you play this game again, State got a better team, and State has a better quarterback. State, if they don't fall behind so far, mm-hmm. they win the game. And, and and another thing, it just seems like Dan Mullen had bad luck, and that every time he had a team worthy of beating Alabama, mm-hmm. he had to go to Alabama. He never timed it where he got his best shot at Alabama at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe a little bit of seventeen, but. That was a much that was a really good Alabama team too. So I, I don't know. Um, did you think at this point, okay, State's going to win the next two and still stay in the playoff? No, I didn't. I, I, I thought because Ohio State was lurking. Yeah, I, I thought if even if State does what they have to do, they can't which, go to the SEC which championship game. Which would have been a, a joke, right? For State to have lost one time to the number one yeah. team yeah. on the road by five. Yeah. And then they can't get in. This was the it game. This is the game that joke. soured me on divisions. It was a joke. Go ahead. But we both know, we both know how the politics of college football. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, listen, we're sitting here complaining about what if. I mean, Baylor and TCU had to live it. They yeah. had to live it. Yeah. And, and and they were they were really good teams. And TCU more so. TCU goes to their bowl game, wins forty two three over Ole Miss, and they. Got jumped by Ohio State. You why? Know, because Ohio State is named Ohio State. Yeah, this was. The and Ohio game. State won the national title. They ended up being good, but yeah. that still doesn't mean they deserve to be there. This was the game that soured me on divisions, because it should have been a rematch in the SEC championship game. Those were the two best teams. Instead, you get Missouri, yeah. who had lost to Indiana and had been had lost thirty-four nothing to Georgia, going to get you know, the sacrificial lamb to Alabama. Instead this of getting is one of the criticisms. Of Dan Mullen, I always fight back against the most. Oh yeah, he never even won a division. That guy would have won the SEC East at Mississippi State five times. Yeah, that guy. Or if he had, or if you put him back in Jackie's era, he probably wins it every year. Yeah, he would. Dan Mullen's only problem at Mississippi State was timing. The fact that he was at Mississippi State the same time Nick Saban was at Alabama. If he is there in any other era, he is. And and I think he's our best coach of all time, regardless. Mm -hmm. But his his tenure is defined by the fact that Alabama was so freaking good, and in a way. Yeah, in, in, in his tenure, we won't look at the first year, 2009, because that's his first year, but in 2000, you know, the SEC West champion, undefeated national champion, one loss national champion, uh, 2012, one loss national champion, 2013, yeah. uh, uh, Auburn was a two loss, played for the national title, their second loss was yeah. in the national championship game. You know, Alabama's products are probably the weakest one. 15, 16. They, they, he always played the national champion or a team playing for the national title. Whereas yep. State, the year they won the, in 98, they had three losses. Two of yep. them in the conference. When's the last time a two-loss team won the SEC West? It's, I, it may, I think it was uh, Arkansas in 2006, and they got murdered by Florida, who won the national title. So, been yeah. a while. Yeah. Nick Saban not only changed the national landscape, he changed the SEC landscape. The yeah. power went all to the West. Cause yeah. No, you're right. When Saban got there, LSU and Auburn didn't really get worse. They yeah. got better. And yeah. it's, just, it's, 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 it's 
2010 to 2020, SEC West is the toughest division in the history of college football. There, there's and that is not, there's no, that is not debatable. It, it all goes back to one thing. If the Dolphins, doctors, okay, Drew Brees, maybe none of this ever uh, happens. Because that works, that works two ways for me. Works, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah, I didn't even think about that. State State blows Vanderbilt off the page the next week, 51 And this nothing. was the only time, uh, twice, actually twice this year, I felt bad for the opponent. Southern Miss was number one and Vandy was number two. Yeah, this, both uh, of those games, the final score of these games combined is 100 to nothing. It could have been 180 to nothing. Yeah, Dan Mullen's a nice guy, is all I'll say about the Vanderbilt game. Because that was, uh, it was later, I, to that point, it was the worst SEC team I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Later, Arkansas had a couple of additions that yeah. challenged it. Yeah, this past year, I don't, I don't know if you watched that game. You watched, but woof. Uh, I watched. Well, I, I watched. I went to the one two years ago. We beat them fifty-two to six, and, and it just felt bad to look yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. And then you go to the Egg Bowl. This to me might be the most. There, there's there's Egg Bowl losses that hurt because of what happened going in go, yeah. on the game. The game, the ninety-seven Egg Bowl, the eighty-three Egg Bowl, things like that. Right. This might be the most disappointing Egg Bowl ever because State was better than Ole Miss. Bo Wallace was hurt. Arkansas had beat him up the week before. They, they, they were everything was in place for you to win this game. And basically, from what I can tell, a lot of infighting screwed it up, and you just you you missed opportunities. And we talked about Will Redmond earlier. He 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 had the biggest one where he just doesn't decides not to tackle Jalen Walton. And on third and whatever from the Ole Miss five yard line, it turns into an eighty some odd or ninety some odd yard touchdown run. Yeah, it was just one of those. And it wasn't like the Alabama game, right? The Alabama game was you buried yourself in a hole and you just you just couldn't dig out of it, even though you were a better team. That day, I mean, State just wasn't very good. State State um, State played poor. I remember thinking, I remember thinking if they can get even, they can win it. But even when they got even, Ole Miss just had more juice. Ole Miss just had more, you know, that, that little rinky dink stadium. It looks like it was made from leftover parts of other stadiums. It was rocking, and it was, you know, a bunch of. Sixty-two-year-old lawyers named named Dylan up there in the in the stands, just going crazy, and, and they couldn't, never really could get on track. Well, you look at that. You know, it's it's seven-three at the half. Ole Miss State yeah. comes out, gets the ball first, drives down the field, and they make it ten to seven. And I I remember Dak scores, and I think, okay, yeah, we're about to take control of this game. I thought the same thing. I said, if they can get the lead, it's over. Right, and you know, on that on that drive, uh, what they had the long pass to Fred Ross. And you're, okay, we're we're good. And then on the next drive, they throw. And this was one of those things that drives me crazy about football coaches. You've got a mismatch with Evan Ingram, right? You, yeah. you got a mismatch, but you've got Matt Wells, the fastest linebacker in the SEC. All you got to do Boy, is say. I forgot. That's another name. I forgot about Matt. Another Wells name. Dominant football player. Really, really good. And all you got to do is say, Matt, wherever Evan Ingram goes, you go with. And he can stay with him, and instead you don't do that, and he catches a an eighty yard touch or an eighty yard pass, and it ends into it turns into a, a short run. They let Jeremy Liggins score of all the damn people, and yeah. it's instead of you know it's ten seven and you've got the momentum now it's fourteen to ten, and you never really get it back. You know Ole Miss pushes it out to twenty four ten. You do cut it to you cut it to seven early in the fourth quarter, but then you just can't ever do anything, and it, it's just over. Yeah, once once just a disappointing scored, it, loss. it just felt like, you know, just get me out of here at that point. Yeah. And so now but, you're, go ahead. You know, you you go ahead. I had nothing there. Yeah, I mean, there's just not, you know, Dak his game that that game was not bad. Uh, you know, he was he threw for 282 yards. 
He threw for the, uh, the t- one touchdown and, and ran for another. But the state just couldn't do anything. This was a game, I believe this was a game, if I'm not mistaken, that Mullen came out and for the first time really buried the defensive coaching staff. Right. I think, I, I, I think Collins was already on a, sort of on his way out the door. Yeah, I think you could tell that the, the Collins-Mullen relationship was done. Yeah. Because uh, Collins, you know, defense didn't play very well, but yeah. the offense didn't play that well either. Yeah. And and uh, and came out, and, and Dan Mullen was like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was he definitely threw the defensive coach. Yeah. And that was that, that was the, the Jackson 5 had kind of started their breakup. Yeah. And State just couldn't run the ball in this game. I mean, who who was the leading rusher in this game? Do you want, do you want to take a guess? Well, Josh Robinson hurt. Uh, I would assume Dak, right? No, it was Ashton Shumpert. Oh wow, yeah, See, sixty-eight yards. I remember Josh Robinson not being able to do anything. Yeah, he had twelve carries for forty-four yards. Dak had twenty-four carries for forty-eight yards. I mean, he just couldn't. Yeah. And there was another moment in this game where it was third and whatever, and State came out five wide, and Ole Miss was ready for it, and they 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 blew it up. So they had watched well, the I'll film. Say this though. Uh, that Ole Miss team was more talented than its result. They had lost to Arkansas thirty to nothing. They were, they were, they were, they were, they were a good team. I mean, they had three first rounders on the team. Now, say what you want about their NFL careers, but yeah. those guys were good players, and they had no, you know they were, they were trash human beings and, and trash bucks <laughs> in the NFL, but they were they were talented, players. <laughs> Brandon Walker, everybody. Uh, the bowl game is not even really worth talking about, is it? I mean, they just they played poorly. Yeah, I just I'll tell you I got another thing uh, from the Egg Bowl. You don't know, nobody else knows. Okay. The orange from the Egg Bowl, Bowl or from the Orange Bowl? Okay. The Orange Bowl in Miami is is it was the the moment I decided to leave being a beat writer in Mississippi State. Okay. This was the moment I decided I was going. I was, I was done. Now I mean, you're talking about like before the game you knew going down there. Uh, no, you know why? Okay, go. Did you go? I did not go. No. You know who else didn't go? Who? Me. You didn't go to this game? No. The, the, the commercial dispatch who I was writing for at the time said it was too far, too much money, we're not going to send you. And at the time, and this was before Mississippi State back women's basketball you know, had, had turned into what it became, mm-hmm. but there was the sports editor loved women's basketball. He would go to, to South Carolina, to Arkansas, Kentucky, do all these road trips, but I couldn't go to, to the Orange Bowl in Miami. They were too cheap to send me to the Orange Bowl in Miami. And this was the paper that treated me right. They were very good, but uh, they said, nope, you're not going. I said, all right, and I started – Getting my stuff together, and I was—I was, it was only a matter of time before I was—I was out of there. I didn't know uh, that. They did not send me. So I, didn't, I did not I know you they, didn't go to that game. I don't think they made that mistake since. I think they sent their writers everywhere. But uh, <laughs> probably so. I—I yeah. I, I didn't go. Okay. Well, there you go. All I remember about this game was—I'm trying to—you know—state had the the hail mary there at the end of the half, which had never happened. I can't remember a hail. Mary I can't ever. Yeah, very, very rarely happens for Mississippi State. And what was the score at the half here? It was State had the lead, right? I don't think they had the lead. I think they cut it's it twenty-one twenty. Twenty-one twenty at the half. Yeah. And so you're and, thinking. And go ahead. We didn't have a defensive coordinator, and they had no. the option offense. So, but I just remember thinking, this is just better than Georgia Tech. It's not going to matter. Yeah. And when they got to twenty-one twenty, I was like, okay, well, second half. But even then, they weren't playing for anything. When State fell behind, I just kind of, I just kind of faded away. Like, right. well. That Auburn game was awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're just—they're just running the ball right up the middle with the fullback, more or less. Yeah. I mean, it was just yeah. a really just not exciting, just a really poor end to what was such a great season. And I've looked—I looked at it. I didn't—I didn't realize this until today. This is the only year since Dak became part of Mississippi State, basically, 
that State finished one and three. Every other year they've been two and two or, or better. This was the only yeah. one and three finish. It's a shame the way it ended, but um, I, I I still don't think it diminishes what is no, I agree. The, the the best and my favorite State sport football year of all time. No, I, I don't disagree. With you. Gosh, look at these numbers. They they ran Georgia Tech ran sixty one times for four hundred and fifty two yards. Yeah, that's just a team. That's just a team that's just uh, you know not prepared for the triple option, not ready, and, and frankly, it didn't seem all that stopping it. No, I agree with you. I'm trying to see if State had more total yards. They did. State, oh, that, State had more total yeah, yards. Dak had big numbers, I think. Dak was 33 of 51 for 453 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Yeah, I think that was Dak's best passing game to that point. Yeah. Still, like, I don't know if it was a Kentucky game or the game next year. The Arkansas game ends up being his, his, his best one ever. He throws for over 500, but yeah. So. Oh, wow. What are we going to talk well, yeah, about? That, what are we going to talk about next week? Yeah. It ended the way it ended, but still a great, great, great season. Oh, and a lot of fun to, to, to look back on, for sure. What are we going to talk now, about next, next week? Next week, are we going to do the one that I, I wanted to do at first? Was that the Final Four? Well, don't just spoil it No, uh, people need to know what they're... No, no, they, they got to know what they're tuning into. I got more today. I mean, we can... We can yeah. Let's right. give them a brief history lesson. Let's give them a brief history lesson of a text message from Brian, Brandon Walker, Brian Haydad saying, hey, we should do a deep dive series, yeah. and we should start with the 1996 Final Four. Well, I, I'll tell you why I picked to do this as first, is I have some interviews coming up this week that talk about that team, so I'll have a little more information. That's it. Refresh my the memory a little bit. Final Four team? Yeah, we're going to have interviews. I'm, tonight, I'm interviewing Daryl Wilson. We're going to talk about the UConn game. And then tomorrow I'm interviewing Richard Williams. We're going to talk about the Kentucky game. Tell, tell Richard I said hi. I will do that for you. I'll pass that message along. Uh, big fan of Brandon Walker. I, um, I believe it. Who isn't? Yeah. You, you so, are probably uh, – let me think. Yeah, you are probably the I, most I successful – I know what you're going to say. I think you're exactly right. Go ahead. I, probably the most successful media personality from the Southeast. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't see how there could be. I don't see how I don't, I don't see how anybody, anybody could debate that. Anybody out there that would lay claim to that? But I, I think I am. Congratulations to you on all your success. You smell terrific. <laughs> yeah, this was fun. This was enjoyable. All right. And next week, so we're going to do it about the same time. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do that. Should be so should, should be uh, bar, barring the collapse of society. Yes. Well, that's. Let's not rule that out. Yeah, well, I shouldn't. All right, guys. Uh, football, my favorite football year. But next week, 1996 Final Four, my favorite sporting event, sports team in the history of Mississippi State University. I can't wait. All right. I'm Brian Haydad. I'm Brian Walker. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm a in my bone, till the roof comes on, till the lights go out, till my leg give out, can't check my mouth, till the smoke is out, and my high I'm a witness. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.